The Lauren Agee case was hastily closed by authorities, but many questions remain. Come behind the curtain with private investigator Sheila Waisaki as she uncovers the truth about what happened to Lauren. This is Without Warning. Warning. The following episode contains details about sexual violence and elements that are graphic in nature. Lauren Taylor. Baby, you've been in there sure hell now. I mean, I'm trying to keep everybody calm here. They ain't real calm. But I know you're in some bad shit, and you call your daddy, so... Anyway, I'll talk in bed to you. We now know the people that were camping with Lauren the night she died. You just heard about Aaron Lilly. The other two we know that were with her were Chris Stout and her childhood friend, Hannah Palmer. On this episode, you will hear different witnesses who saw or heard something during the Saturday and Sunday of Wakefest. Give me a timeline of that morning. Well, timeline, precise timeline, is a little pinky because that, that was an event day. We had Wakefest there. This is Deanna Elders. She was working at the marina the weekend of Wakefest. That's probably an influx of, I don't, crapshoot, 2,000 extra people. So there's a lot of moving parts mm-hmm. all day long. When I say earlier in the day, I mean midday. Okay. Noon-ish. I'm standing outside, and of course there's hundreds of 20 and 30-somethings running around. Right. And when you say standing outside... Out front of the... Fish lips or the uh, store? The store at the gas gas pump there, in front of the ship store. And just watching traffic, making sure people aren't going to run into each other. And there's a lot of people standing... And you don't know whether they're waiting on someone to come and pick them up and take them out to the event. The event was not, per se, at the marina. That's where people stayed and got gas. But this girl, tiny girl, and I later knew was um, Hannah Palmer, and uh, a very petite girl, very sweet, and she was just standing there, and she appeared nervous. So Deanna has told us it was sometime around 12 p.m., Lauren's body was found at 4.30 p.m. During the morning hours, several witnesses claimed to have seen Hannah, Aaron, and Chris all out having a good old time at Wakefest events, six miles away from where Lauren's body was found. Around noon, Deanna witnesses Hannah looking very nervous. And, of course, I didn't know who she was with. There's just different people around. She said something to the effect of, well, you know, we can't find my friend or I've lost my friend or, you know, and I'm, like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sure she'll show up sooner or later. I, I thought she meant momentarily, you know. Anyway, later on, we must have talked again, and she said, I think she got on a houseboat with a man and went out to the Wakefest during the night. And when you say later on, do you mean... A few minutes, a few maybe minutes. 30 minutes later, because okay. I might have said something like, have you seen your friend, or, you know, after I turn around and talk to this person, I mean, there's just so much going on. Mm-hmm. And she goes, 
Yeah, we, we left her in the bar, but the, somebody said she got on a houseboat with a guy, and they went out to Wakefest. And I looked at her, and, and this was before any of the madness began. And I looked at her, and I went, honey, I have a houseboat. I said, people just don't pull an 80-foot houseboat out at 2 o'clock in the morning and go out to an event spot when there's no event there. Okay, y'all, this story about the houseboat is very important because Hannah Palmer, Aaron Lilly, and Chris Stout all seem to tell the same story about Lauren going to the houseboat. These guys said that this girl stayed on a boat, a houseboat with a bunch of guys. They didn't know what houseboat, they didn't know who the guys were or anything. And that's the story they were sticking to while they were on the boat with me and this guy from the marina that was driving the boat. Well, when they got them back to the investigators and separated them and started questioning one at a time, the kid with the white hat totally changed his story. He said that she did wind up coming back to the campsite that night. He had sex with her, and that's the last thing he knows. And, and he's not an idiot. The reason he's saying he had sex with her is because he figured out they're going to find that out. Ah, uh, did you hear that? One of the guys changed their story and said Lauren did come back to the campsite. That guy with the white hat is Chris Stout. We will address Chris's story about having sex with Lauren and what the autopsy results were later on. For now, let's get back to Deanna Elders and her encounter with Hannah. Fast forward to when the Blair boy, they were fishing over in the cove by the bluff where she camped. If you recall, you heard from the Blair boys in episode two. They were the father and son who were fishing in the cove when they found Lauren's body. He came in and he said, you're Harry's wife, right? And I said, yes. And I, I, I recognized him, but I didn't, you know, I knew I'd seen him. And he said, I have found a child's body. I said, in the water or he's lost, his parents. He goes, dead in the water. And I said, can you go back over there with my husband or with someone? Because we had two uh, off-duty police officers working the bar. This guy, he comes into the store down there, tells the lady behind the counter in the store that there's a body in the water. Then he comes running down the boat dock to me, and I'm in uniform, and he's screaming there's a body in the water. This is Ryan Melanson, one of the off-duty White County police officers who was on a security detail at Fish Lips during Wakefest. So I'm like, okay. So we get on a boat, go out there, and uh, there's a fisherman. I guess there was two fishermen or something, because there's another fisherman out there close to the body. Uh, we get out there, take a look around, didn't see anything at first, and then we saw a body floating back in like this cul-de-sac toward the mountain, away from the marina. I didn't call 911 right away. I was trying to call our TWA officers that I have their cell phone number. We have their cell phone numbers. But I couldn't get anyone to answer their phones. And I didn't want to call 911 until we figured out what we had, you know. And so that's when Harry and the police officers and the Blair people, uh, daddy and son, went back over there. County calls TWRA on the radio. Here comes TWRA from all ends of the earth and but still at that time we thought it was a child mm -hmm. because she was petite apparently 
and they did not move her because the Blair boy is a EMT, and he knew the daddy was saying, let's see if we can say he goes, daddy, that person's deceased. But when those TWRA people started coming in, people started flocking towards the end of the dock to go be nosy. You know, nobody had identified her. I didn't even know what Lauren looked like. All those kids were face. I mean, most of them are faceless because there's so many. Mm -hmm. Aaron Lilly always stuck out because of his um, uh, bravado. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the service dog. Right. We had had words the day before in the store about that dog, and he just blew me off, and I thought, I can only keep watching you, you mm-hmm. know. But I didn't put them two together mm-hmm. because everybody's just milling around. Unless you know people, you don't know who they're with. Right. Did you ever meet Chris Stout? No, but Harry said, Harry kept saying, he goes, Tiana, it was the Justin Bieber-looking guy. You know, he's got that hair. And, and, and I look at him, and I'm like, well, he looked like 30 of those kids out mm-hmm. there. Uh, he didn't stand out in my mind, and I couldn't even tell you if he was the third one there when they were leaning against the boat, okay. like waiting to see what they pulled out of that creek. Mm-hmm. No, I know they know that was her. Now, um, Harry said some one of the boys came around the corner in a canoe. Do you know who that was? Um, he, you mean to go, as to go back there? Yes. By all accounts, they said it was Aaron. Okay. Because of his hair. Okay. And the dog. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and the accounts were um, the Blair fishermen. Join us on Patreon if you want to look behind the curtain and see what really happens in investigations. Conversation with Sheriff. Ray, Jeremy, Taylor, Brian A.G., Michael Smith, September 23rd, 2015, approximately 8 o'clock to 8.30. I believe you will get some answers to your questions if you'll let Jeremy tell the story from the beginning to the end and what he's done. And Because there's some things that, that we have heard uh, you tell us that we knew the answers to that it wasn't where we could tell you, but tonight mm-hmm. we can tell you what those answers were to some of the questions that okay, you had. Rather than ask questions, why don't you just start from the beginning, go to the end? And... Well, that's, there's a lot involved in it, but um, I'll try my best. So if you have a question in between that, ask me, because I, I will get sidetracked. So sure. just just go ahead and ask and interrupt me or whatever. You know. Um, I got the call um, to go down there. The, the other detective, Robert Patrick, he, he was uh, closer than I was. Um, he, he's the initial guy that went, uh, made contact with him. Um, when I got there, I made contact with uh, Aaron, Lily, um, Chris, Stout, yeah, um, and uh, Hannah. And uh, I talked with them, got statements with them. Um, he had, Robert had already went over and took pictures of the campsite with uh, Aaron. He, he showed them where it was because he didn't know where it was. Um, so he took him up there, and while he was going through, it was just him and Aaron, and he snapped some pictures and stuff. And uh, when I got there, um, Robert showed me. We all went back over there. Um, me, Robert, and uh, the TWRA took more pictures, photos, looked for, um, we walked uh, around the edge, looked for a spot maybe she might have fell or maybe she, what she done. You know, at this point, I hadn't seen her body. I, I didn't know um, just from what Robert explained because they had already took her away before I would got there. Um, we looked for anything that 
looked obvious, you know, of course, you're on the side. Y'all seen it? Did y'all go up there? I've been all over. Okay. I mean, you, you can see that people's been all over it, so you, you, there's no real distinct way that you would know that that's where she went off or that she went here or went there or whatever. Um, look for clothing, look for anything that we could find that would lead us, that would be that she went off here. Um, I didn't find anything there. Um, we, uh, I went to the hospital. I examined her body. Um, I looked at her body. Her wounds at that time, you know, was she was cold, so she'd been in the lake. Um, they was scratched, just a few abrasions, scratch marks, stuff like that. But she had some uh, major trauma to the back of her head and at the top of her neck. I guess y'all seen, did y'all look at the picture of the autopsy? Lauren's body tells a story. Jeremy Taylor is discussing what that story is with Mike and Brian. Jeremy Taylor is using words like trauma, scrapes, and then of course he talks about the autopsy. Lauren's body did have blunt force trauma to the head. Her body falling from the top of that cliff down to the bottom would have been scraped all over. There are jagged rocks there. Walking barefoot up there, she would have cut herself. Does Lauren's body have that? Lauren's body is pretty clean with the exception of a few scrapes here and there and some bruising. For someone to fall from the top of that cliff down to the bottom, it would have been torn up. An investigator would have noticed that. If you read the autopsy here, if you see the pictures, you know what I'm talking about. To the back of her head is major trauma in the top. You say major trauma, you're talking about? Um, She had uh, skull fractures, uh, major bleeding. Hemorrhaging right. to the brain, right, um, sure. um, to, to the back from like right here all the way down to the back of her neck, right. uh, top of her shoulder. Yeah. Um, her her spine was compressed. Mm-hmm. Her um, her um, vertebrates was compressed. Mm-hmm. Um, they had fractures in the mm-hmm. vertebrae. Um, she had two marks like right here, mm-hmm. and uh, she. Uh, that's what I've seen. I didn't see any facial marks, anything like that. Mm-hmm. That would be consistent with like um, black eyes or anything like mm-hmm. that. You know, she had some. Just those abrasions on her arm. Um, we talked to uh, Aaron Lilly again after the fact. He gave the same story. They, they all gave the same story, of course, and I have that in here too. I have it recorded um, from the written statements to the recordings that I have. Um, and all these are the emails that y'all had sent from the people that they had talked to. And the stories that they gave everybody else was the same story that they gave me. You know, that's the things that I couldn't, I wasn't saying to y'all, you know. When Aaron Lilly said all these things, he was telling the truth to them. All those stories are exactly what he told me on the tape. Mm-hmm. If y'all get their stories and compare them, they're, they're the exact same. He didn't change from person to person. Now let's go back. Earlier, you heard from Deanna Elders and Ryan Melanson talk about their encounters with Hannah, Aaron, and Chris in regards to what they knew. They each stated that Lauren must have gone on a houseboat. But Ryan, being on the ball, noticed an inconsistency in Chris's story the second time Chris said that Lauren had come back to the campsite that night. And when I talked to the pathologist down there that done the autopsy report, he, y'all seen what he put on there. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't know what I have. He has no idea what my case file consists of. So he said the same thing. Um, the polygraphs. Um, I called the Department of Justice. I can give you those two names if, you, if y'all like them. Um, 
they reviewed the case. They, they know what's in the case. Um, they said they wouldn't do it because it was an obvious accident. Well, okay. Oh, yeah. right. you, you can, you can no, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, I talked to a TBI agent. He reviewed. He, he said the same thing. Um, so I didn't. I don't give opinions because I wanted the polygraph. You know, I was want to ask for it. So and who did you talk to at the TBI? Because we we did. Sherry made a run, and you knew she'd called down there. But his name. I talked to him today, actually. Okay. But uh, they wouldn't do it, so I couldn't get a polygraph done. I don't understand why they wouldn't do it, but that's they they don't give a whole lot of reason other than they just say that you know when if if there's something obvious like say I think somebody done something or like um if somebody shot someone you know and I wasn't sure it was them but it's an obvious foul play move then you could say did you shoot somebody you know but that's the way they explained it to me. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm not an examiner. I don't know. Right. You know, I just asked them to do it. They went over the case file. They said, no, that's all they gave me. August 2nd, 2015, Sherry and Michael Smith, Brian Agee and Ryan Melanson met at a Waffle House. This is actual tape from that meeting. You will hear what Jeremy Taylor told Sherry regarding the campers missing the appointment for the polygraph. Detective was telling me on the phone that it was going to be somebody who had just gotten back from Afghanistan who they were going to do a pupil dilation thing and a sweat gland thing, and it would be very thorough, but they were going to do the two boys and the girl. One, one thing, polygraph test is just not a good time to be waiting. Y'all have that. These guys are supposed to be doing one of them. They said they all volunteered. They didn't show up because they had work right. So do we back away from that? You know, the detective said to me, he goes, they have, they have lives too. They can't just up and take off the work. Sheriff Ray has publicly criticized Sherry Smith for not attending that meeting in September. After hearing the tape, it's a good thing she didn't go. I'm frustrated at that because I thought, you know, I just think that'd be a big thing. We, oh. I, I was the one brought it up and I asked for it. So, you know, obviously I'm not going to back out of it. Yeah. If, I, if I could get it, I'd have it, but I can't. Okay. So, um, I done that. We, uh, I talked to the doctor, the medical examiner's office. Um, he told me, I asked him, you know, what kind of trauma, you know, can you explain the trauma to me? Right. You know, I don't understand the trauma. I should paper in a, that little yeah. pen there. Mm-hmm. That Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, I talked with him. He said that he didn't see anything that would be, you know, like a trauma and, when I say trauma, you know, if you take somebody and hit them with a baseball bat, they're going to have obvious bruising because your skin, your everything's going to absorb that impact of that smallest spot. Um, if you hit somebody with a rock or you hit somebody like that, it's going to make an obvious impact on that spot. You know, um, hers was not like that. Hers was a compression. It'd be like if you fell on your butt and compress your spine, all your weight comes down. That's what it done. And it had like a a U-shape is what he explained to me. Like, it was in a bind, I guess, when she hit something. Um, and she hit something solid. It wasn't a, something hit her. She fell and her weight was on her. So it would be a fall. You know, she had to fall off something to, to do that. And that's what, you know, her sign, her injury showed. You know, that's what, what I thought. That's what he explained to me. And he said, her, and if you look at the autopsy, the picture, you'll see that in there. That there's a lot of bleeding, a lot of trauma around her spine. 
but it's not on the outside, which means it comes from the inside out instead of the outside in. And that's what we determined all along, you know, and as far as the statements and everything, you know, like we discussed all along, we're at rumors or we're at hearsay of things. I haven't got a factual that somebody has done something to her. There, there were some uh, discussion, I think, over what she was wearing at the time. Yeah, yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of things I'm leaving out. So ask me if you well, have I mean, a question. Well, I, I don't know what to ask. I mean, I really don't. I mean, I just, just ask any, 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 any of the questions you've had. So, yeah, yeah. You guys are saying basically it's an accident. Just okay. Case closed for us. It's not. That doesn't mean that you know if you don't have factual. You'll have a private investigator. If something comes up as a fact, then. Sure. More than you can like, reopen. Yeah, it's just so not. We need y'all to reopen in case you could. Who reopens that? Do you guys do that if we find okay, something? Can, um, the, the district attorney will actually be the one that will give us the go ahead to. Mm -hmm. to okay. And that's to what the, the private investigator will have to go through him, anyways. Right. If they get something factual, they'll have to go through them right. and they'll, us, and we'll work together. You know, we're not, not opposed to that. Like right. I say at this point, we don't have any facts of a case that. There's, there's really nothing from I don't know what I look at. I wouldn't even know. You just told me, so as long as I need to look. Well, I mean, we're just saying it's open to you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like her, um, there, there was questions there of Chris out saying he had sex with her, things like that. Um, he didn't. She was on her period, things like that. We have pictures of her with those shorts on. If I told you I had him on tape saying Even if he said it, okay. I mean, what's that? It, she, she, yeah. had a, she was on her period, yeah. so. But I thought he said he... Yeah, he did. He told me all along and in his statement that he didn't. Because yeah, I, yeah. and the, the thing there about. Um, and that's a good thing. You remember that's what he told you. Because mm -hmm. we're probably going to need you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm done. It's, I mean, a, it's, I, in a, it's in a statement that he wrote. Yeah, so. I know. That's a great thing. Ryan asking Chris Stout about having sex with Lauren was a very good investigative question. What Ryan got from asking that question was inconsistent stories. Chris did or he didn't have sex with her. On the other hand, Jeremy Taylor tells the father and stepfather that no one had sex with Lauren because she was on her period. You got anything else you want to I don't know. That? I'm not happy with it, I'll be honest with you. I just, I, I just feel, we just feel like there's enough. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't. It's 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 a frustrating on our end. Yes, sir. Um, because you know we told you what we knew, and it's just it's like I don't know. This this uh, it's just frustrating. I understand what you're saying, and, and hey, these guys. I'm not saying they're not shady. I'm not saying that, and I'm not saying that they're they're not acting shady from a standpoint of you know they don't like this. But as far as murder, you know, we have to have I, something of fact. Well, yeah. I'm going to leave it at that. All right. Just, yeah. Just I, do that. I mean, I want you to be comfortable because I don't see that there's anything that, that we can add or detract here without just getting herself going. You just. All right. All right. What do you feel? Do you feel like you've got No, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to ask. Going. I have no idea what to ask. That's exactly it. I have so. no idea. I mean, if, if you've said, I don't know. I just don't know what to add to the conversation. No, it's not. Because it's. It is right there. I know. And you you said I got a son that age. Yes, sir. And and I you just if something happened you'd be I'd be, I'd be just you'd be, I'd be just like And I'm not looking for 
for justice in the sense that I want people to pay. I just want the truth. And I just don't feel like we're getting the truth. That's that's our problem. Our job is determined there's no foul play. Right. And we have nothing. Yeah. I mean, nothing. The, the injuries are consistent with the fall. Well, that we know. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you, yeah. you, you're going to have to have proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Yes. You know, at the end of the day, we're looking at proof beyond a reasonable doubt on, on someone. You know. So, what happens now? If if Jeremy gets a call or or, or, or someone gets a call of factual stuff, I mean, we right. We, we can't chase rumors, you know. We, we have to have something that, that that's got got some bite to it, you know, to in order to do something, you know. And when right. when when you have a tragedy happen, there's all kinds of rumors. I mean, all kinds of them. And then you know, the world's a cruel place, you know. And, and they tell you things and make up things, and people try to put together things that is not there, and and it just. It comes, becomes very confusing uh, for the family and, and, and us, you know, uh, of what, whatever. But you you, you have to have some, some proof of something. Then that's, I'll ask you again what I asked you down there that night we came. Do, do you have any proof that somebody done something or just speculation? More, you know? Probably more speculation. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Just in case you did not catch this, Sheriff Ray just asked Michael if he had evidence. Sheriff Ray asked Michael. I'd be just like you. I want you to. I want you both to know. I'm. I'm with you. You know. I've got a child, and if something happened to him, hey, I'd be just like you. I'd. I. I'd want to know probably answers that I will probably never be able to find answers to. You know. I wish I could sit here and tell you, hey, I'm positive that that. This right here happened, and this right here happened. But I, I can tell you from what I know of it, from the beginning to the end, that there has never been nobody that has said anything that points towards foul play of something that factual says that. Right, I guess. Now there are all kinds of people out there that might say it. People that doesn't know anything about anything of it, they just heard or or, or added to what somebody else said or something like that. But I'd be just like you. iPhone six, you know. If I could give you some kind of closure tonight, I'd I'd try my best. The know? truth. I really just want the truth, and I just, just none of it makes sense to me that somebody walked off a cliff. And that's I just my brain can't process that. If me or, or the DA or, or the pathologist or, or somebody thought that there was some type of foul play there, then we would be talking about different things tonight. But at this point, that's that's sort of where everybody is. Okay. That's In this case, time's on our side. Right. So uh, we're patient, and we'll, we're not going away. So. And this is where I, as a private investigator, was contacted to step in. As you've heard, Lauren's family felt that this wasn't just an accident and they wanted answers to their questions. They just wanted the truth. Now you'll hear from Ryan again, the off-duty White County police officer who was one of the first on the scene when Lauren's body was found. If you recall, he was also the one that pulled Aaron and Chris onto his boat to question them 
when they canoed up to the scene asking if that was their friend in the water. What you're about to hear is very interesting from a law enforcement perspective on how the investigation was handled. During this conversation, you will hear Ryan speaking to Sherry and Mike about what he observed during the DeKalb County Sheriff's investigation. Um, the reason that I made contact and wanted to, to talk to her is because I don't want this case to go away, okay? Because I feel like something seriously wrong here, but, okay? The reason I feel like that is because I was out there the day the body was pulled out of the water, and uh, the way that the DeKalb County Sheriff's Office handled the investigation was mind-blowing to me. Okay? I mean, I'm not an investigator. I'm a road deputy. But even I know that they missed a bunch of evidence while they were out there. Okay? The, they just, it's like they didn't even care. They just wanted to get out there, rule it as an accidental drowning, and close the case. I mean, that's the vibe I got from them. Okay? So, you want the story from beginning to end? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to listen for a while. Then I'll have some okay. questions. And, and I understand you ain't got to tell us nothing. Yeah. Yeah. The reason I'm telling you this is because, like I said, I don't want this to go away. I don't want it to get brushed under the rug and these kids get away with murder and, you know, this girl's dead. You know, she deserves justice. Mm-hmm. She does. Um, and that the kids that are involved with this, you can tell that, you know, they got issues to start with, you know, and uh, talking to them for about an hour and a half on a boat in the middle of a the lake, they pretty much hung themselves to me. And then the cab County interviews them. They do their thing, and it looks like they're just saying no foul play. They're going to close the case, and that's it. And I don't agree with it. You know, it's wrong. It's not right. Join us on Patreon if you want to look behind the curtain and see what really happens in investigations. Lauren's family gives their full permission for any and all details to be shared in hope that the truth will come out. If you know anything at all, call 1-888-599-0008 or email tips at SheilaWysocki.com. Next time on Without Warning. From the time you spoke to law enforcement on the dock, where did you go after that? We packed up camp and... Then got my truck, got the boat out, got everything, and then went back to the, went to the police department. And why did you go? Did they tell you to meet there? That was to give all of our statements or something, or maybe a follow-up. I don't, I don't really recall. Okay. When you got back in your car, <coughs> did you have your cell phone with you? I believe so. Yes, I did. And you were able to charge it in your car? Yes. You recall you made six phone calls to the same number. Do you remember who you called? No. Who would you have called? At that time, who was the person you would call when something important happens in your life? I couldn't tell you unless it was Aaron. Without warning, host, executive director, and executive producer, Sheila Waisaki. Editors, Katie Zitzman and Aaron Parker. Mixing and mastering by Resonate Recordings. Narrator, Tim Evans. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a quick review to help others discover it too. If you or someone you know knows something about this case or the people involved, you can submit tips by emailing tips at shilawaisaki.com.